Welcome to the Stratcom Summit. I'm Ahmad Kablan. I'm a presenter at TRT World. I host a show called Double Check. Today, I have a great guest, Cheta Nuanze, who is a lead partner at SBM Intelligence, and he's worked in numerous information technology and media organizations, among them the Daily Times of Nigeria, where he was a managing editor. Cheta, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning, Cheta. Cheta, let's get straight to it. Now, at Stratcom, we're talking about strategic communications. We're talking about the impact of technology. One of your areas of expertise is West Africa. So can you just tell us the impact of technology in West Africa, in that region in particular? Yeah, thank you for having me once again. I'm straight to the point. I think the impact of technology in West Africa has been quite huge. The, the first thing that I would uh, zero in on and talk about is immediacy or near immediacy. Um, so when I was growing up, as an example, there were large parts of Nigeria, my, uh, my country, which were basically black spots for information. And it still happens in much of West Africa and the Sahel, but not to the degree that it used to be. So something bad would happen back then in those areas, large parts of Nigeria's Northeast, for example, um, where the Boko Haram insurgency has taken roots. And you would not hear about it in the South of Nigeria, much less the rest of the world for days. But now with technology, we have that immediacy. Something happens today and by, let's say something happens this morning and by evening, it's at least within Nigeria, within West Africa, we all know about it. And as a result, the world gets to know about it. Now, the positive aspect of that, and there are, a lot of, there, there are so many positives, but the main one I want to highlight is it helps with planning. Um, one of the problems of West Africa, um, and this is a region that's, uh, that's that contains the bulk of the Sahel, um, which is about the poorest region in the world. One of the problems has been planning for a very long time. And planning is based on having access to information, um, the right information at the right time. Because you can't, um, I mean, we can go back a hundred years if you want to so go back a uh, hundred and fifty years. And you'll find that people reacted to things that had happened after they had happened. And when people react after they had happened and facts on the ground have changed, then the reaction suddenly became a moot point. But now, increasingly, and I think country that I would um, hold up as a shining example of this is Ghana, increasingly you find people reacting in real time or in near real time to situations. And as a result, getting the best possible results out of it. So technology has improved dramatically um, the ability of people to plan and as a result, react. So that's really interesting, Cheta. But when you mean it leads to immediacy, so you know, people are instantly aware of what's happening at a distance, how, how is that communication process working? Is it through, you know, is it social media? Is it kind of satellite systems? I mean, what brings the immediacy? Which, which method of communication? Um, social, the, the, means of, uh, the, the means of social media cannot be overstated. It's, it, it will be, I'm trying to find the right word here. It would be remiss of me to try to minimize the impact of social media. I mean, one thing that's, uh, that we used to say as a mantra when I was in Daily Times, and this was almost, this was almost a decade ago now, um, is that Twitter has killed breaking news. It has even become a lot more. Things happen, and because of social media, that's immediacy, people know about it. Governments that are tending towards repressive cannot hide it. So 
As an example, in Benin, next door to Nigeria, the government of uh, President Talon has taken to uh, to sentencing um, opposition uh, leaders to uh, to prison. So you have um, what's uh, um, her name, Miss um, Madugu, who was recently sent to, um, I think it was 10 years in prison. Now, a few years ago, that would have happened. Nobody would have known um, what's happened. Nobody would have heard of it. She would have just disappeared quietly. Now, people are aware there's been an immediacy and there, ha- there is a, a backlash to that. That is um, a good example of how the immediacy of communication and the use of social media is helping to more or less improve the democratic space. Um, I think that's one of the, the issues, one of the drawbacks. It's, it would be great to highlight that is that the immediacy of communication, the immediacy of social media also brings an expectation of immediacy of response, um, uh, immediacy that things that will get better, which is not always the case. Um, I think people need to understand that social media technology, they are means to an end, not the end in itself. So that's really interesting because you talk about how it kind of now helps, you know, very important spaces like the political space, because people are aware they can respond you know, if they're outraged, they can show that response. If they're pleased, they can show their happiness. Uh, so in this particular circumstance, uh, do you think it's had a positive impact, in particular when we talk about politics in the region? Well, that remains to be seen. Um, I think the situation is evolving, but we can definitely see that it's made governments uncomfortable. Um, so in my country, Nigeria, for example, in June, the government bans Twitter or banned the use of Twitter and I think it's important to point out that that ban has more or less been ignored, even by government supporters. Everybody has basically installed the VPN and gotten on with it. Now, that shows clearly that there is an impact in politics. Um, I think it would, be, it would be great of me to give an example right okay. now. So a few weeks ago, there was um, the, the National Orthopedic Hospital in Ibubi in Lagos was somebody took a picture of it and put not just on Twitter, but on Facebook, on Instagram. The facility, uh, the, the picture showed a dilapidated facility. And it was like, if they cannot even take care of their facility, how, would, how do they expect or how do how would people expect to get good treatment here? Mm-hmm. And that image went viral. And within a week, the hospital had been fixed. Now, a few years ago, without that um, pressure that social media can bring, without that um, propensity for embarrassment, they would have, the, the facility would have just continued decaying, going, going from bad to worse, and nobody would have cared. So that's one of the uses, uh, a, a very good use of technology. And so I chose this example specifically because it was not political. But politi- um, going into politics, you'd see government officials reacting if anything, in order to look good, if anything, they probably, and I, I prefer to be cynical in this case, they do not want to do the right thing. However, they are concerned about their images. And because they are so concerned about their image, about how people will perceive them, they go ahead and at least for the sake of appearances, do some of the right things. And that's very important. That's, um, that's a net benefit that technology and social media has brought to the region. That's quite amazing that, you know, kind of enhanced and promoted the public good and it made a direct impact for the greater good, for the greater community. So that's, that's quite amazing how it works in that particular circumstance. And I'm sure there's examples of this 
uh, all around the world, you know, um, especially with this idea of, you know, this idea that citizen journalism, people are taking photos and videos if they see something wrong and it just kind of, it can go viral. It has the potential to go viral. But Cheddar, do you think that there are also lashbacks about this? Do you think maybe the promotion of fake news on social media has had a negative impact? Do you have any examples? Do you think that there are also disadvantages in the use of social media? Okay. Um, yes, I would. I think I would first start by by um, agreeing with my wife, who is um, a trained journalist and who has headed some newsrooms in her time. That there's nothing like fake news, and um, fake news is a misnomer. Basically, um, what becomes or what ought to be news um, is something that has gone through a process. But again, we have to accept the reality of uh, modern times and people. The expression of fake news has come into the common culture. Yes, one of the things about um, social media, about technology, is that it has democratized access to information. It has removed the gatekeeping that is necessary to make for good news. Um, So we have a lot of people who don't bother to go through all the proper tenets of journalism, you know, basically getting as many opinions as possible from as um, as many sides of an issue as possible before before attempting to present a balanced information for the public consumption. What we now have, and this hacks back to what I said earlier about um, what we used to talk about at daily times, which is Twitter breaking, um, killing breaking news. People are in so much of a hurry to publish, to get ahead, to be the first Mm -hmm. that I broke it. And as a result, they don't bother to fact check. They don't bother to check their sources. They don't, they don't, they don't bother to do anything. They, as they hear it, they just pass it on unfiltered. Um, unfortunately, that has basically um, amplified what used to be a physical market square kind of gossip thing and has made it digital and has given it that speed of light that digital communications has. Before people get the, um, the real story, things have gone wrong. And I can give an example. Um, that there was a lynching fairly recently in Nigeria, and it was because someone published something on social media. And when that publication was made, people reacted without even bothering to find out whether it was real or whether it was not real. And that's has only that has only ended up um, making um, diminishing public trust in one another. Considering that Nigeria is a multi-ethnic nation that um, that has different that Nigeria is a nation of many nations. Um, who have different histories before they were brought together by the, by the uh, British colonists and, and told that they were one country. These animosities, these historical animosities, which um, unfortunately were exacerbated under colonialism, have remained even 60 years after independence. So you find that something that happens in one part of the country, someone, so, someone published news that in the eastern part of the country that northerners were being killed, and people in the north were already reacting in a negative, um, in a negative light. Only for later, it was found that that wasn't true. So that is um, an example of how social media technology mm-hmm. can be used in a negative sense because the traditional gatekeepers that, that exist in the news process can be bypassed very easily. Okay, Cheta, that's really great to know. Just before I go, just, I want to stand on it. We started off with this, but... Can you just, the idea of immediacy, because it's such a valuable asset for, you know, communities that you're aware. Can you talk about 
you know, so for example, in the Sahel region, in some of the West African countries like Burkina Faso, the Ivory Coast, Togo, some of the other countries, how has uh, terrorism, has the use of technology, social media, the idea of immediacy, has it helped in the fight against terrorism in West Africa? It has both helped uh, the use of technology now. Um, it, it would be remiss of us to restrict this to social media now. It's tech generally. Um, the use of tech has both helped in the fight against terrorism and has both made the fight against terrorism. It has both helped the terrorists. So in Nigeria, in earlier this year, um, I think that was in June, the three states, um, Sokoto, uh, not Sokoto, sorry, um, Kaduna, Zamfara, and Katsina um, announced bans on um, telecommunications generally. Those bans ended up crippling the, the people and the military in the fight against terrorists. But the terrorists simply adapted and began to use walkie-talkies. That's still tech. Um, in Borno, in Nigeria, um, in, in Northern Mali, we have seen evidence of terrorists using, making use of drones. That's very high tech. They use drones to do surveillance before, making, before laying ambushes or making attacks on military positions. That's high tech. So essentially, it's, I mean, it's one of the ironies of um, our time that um, terrorist groups who claim that, um, that all forms of uh, Western innovation is haram will use those Western innovations in order to gain a military advantage, but they do. And um, that is a use of technology. So one of the things that we must understand is that technology is agnostic. It will be, it will be used by whoever can get his hands on it. So every, what the governments in the region and around the world need to do is improve access to technology so that the right people can get their hands on tech and make the right calls for everybody. Okay. Chetanawanze, thank you so much for your expertise on some of the, the critical issues in particular in West Africa. Thank you for joining the Stratcom podcast. Thank you very much for having me.